Thank you for listening to the Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast, available on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Stitcher. Also, please follow Matt's Movie Reviews on Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, Reddit, Instagram, and MeWe. And of course, be sure to visit mattsmoviereviews.net for the latest reviews, top 10 lists, and more. Now, on to the show. I'm sorry for the inconvenience. You smell like failure. I'm watching you. Please pick up. Please pick up. Hello? Oh, thank God. I've been drugged and kidnapped by my ex. And I can't see anything because I broke my glasses. Who's this? Are you having one? No. Could you video call me in and guide me to somewhere safe? I don't think I'm the person to do this. My ex is going to kill me. I need you to be my eyes for me. Okay, let's go. No one is getting murdered today. He's here. Oh no, 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 I see. I'm gonna have to find another phone. Can I use your phone, please? Absolutely not. There is a woman who's about to get Murdered. What kind of crack are you smoking? Ah! Ah! I want my phone back. It's an emergency. Where is his car? Keep walking. Tell me when he's here. Now! Emily! I can't do the work. I need you. Your ass is going to jail! <laughs> what the? Hey, if you got lost in the woods, what would you do? I wouldn't get lost. We're gonna get Hello and welcome to the Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast. I am your host, Matthew Perkovich, and this is episode number 508. Releasing in the US this May 7 on demand and digital is Unseen, a survival thriller in which two women form an unlikely connection when the press gas station clerk, Sam, receives a call from Emily, a nearly blind woman on the run from a killer. Emily tries to survive with Sam serving as her eyes through video call. A unique take on the survival horror movie, Unseen features strong performances in a visually arresting use of style, resulting in a horror movie strong of heart and pulsating thrills. And joining me now is the director of Unseen, Yoko Okumura. Yoko, thank you so very much for your time today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. And I I love that introduction of the movie. Great job. Yeah. Well, thank you. I love the movie. And what really stuck with me in the film was the, um, the relationship between these two women, these two strangers from either side of the country that are brought together for this very kind of unique circumstance. Um, Was that something that really spoke to you as well when you first received the script, that kind of like that connection between these two women uh, that, you know, in no other way would have been brought together if it weren't for the the circumstances that they found themselves in? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. 100%. You nailed it. Like, that really was the core of why I thought I could, you know, be a good director for this project because, you know, uh, it's 
on inside this kind of like you know mad dash uh, you know high octane thriller is really a unlikely friendship story between these two people who yeah exactly like you said they would never have become friends otherwise you know socioeconomically or locationally they just these are two women who are never going to meet and um so that was uh, a key component to making me feel like this you know there's there's a lot of heart in this concept you know I thought them and Dory Francis and Jolene Purdy who star in the film, are just terrific in their roles. What's interesting about their performances is that they are, I don't know if even think at the end, they are never seen on screen together, kind of like in the same location. You do have the kind of the split screen thing going on. And they're talking through phone. And I've actually had a chance to talk to different filmmakers about that, how they approach the talking through phone. Some people, like one person did, did it through a one-take structure and they did it just through the phone itself. Another yeah. person did it kind of similar to your film and they had a person, the other actor off screen. How did you go about um, doing it uh, yourself with the two actors? Yeah, you know, we talked a lot. Like me and my producers really talked a, through a lot of very different scenarios. So like what's going to be the most efficient, but also creatively fulfilling and, you know, productive uh, procedure to do this whole thing in. And, you know, we definitely talked through like, oh, maybe they should actually be on, you know, FaceTime and actually be talking to each other in real time. Or maybe, you know, they're in, you know, her ear and she's talking through the earphones or, but um, ultimately we were like, you know what, that's actually going to be much more um in the way of that of the performance than actually helping it because actually contending with you know wi-fi or phone connections in the forest yeah. of new orleans i'm trying to make sure the two actors are you know not having any delays and stuff was just going to be pretty much impossible it was going to be a nightmare so um we quickly decided that you know if the two actors were were down for the cause to come and be on set with each of them even if the other person was never going to be seen on camera um that that was definitely the way to go and uh, we're all very glad that that's the way we went What's interesting about the film as well is that both characters are dealing with two different monsters. So on one yeah. end, you have kind of like the ex-boyfriend who's turning to this like really kind of obsessive murdering type. Um, but then on the other hand, you had Missy Pyle's character. And I've got to say, she scared me more than any other character. Um, I love that. It's something about Missy that she can. she's really great at playing kind of like these characters who can be incredibly uh, mean and but do so in an incredibly entertaining way as well, like intimidating but entertaining. When it came to you and Missy kind of putting that character together, what kind of references do you look at? I mean, to me, it kind of almost seems like a um, like a um, uh, discarded outtake from like a one of those Real Housewives kind of shows. Like it was too that, she was too vicious for that show, you know. Kind of like that yes. was like the thing that I kind of I, I, I took away from it. Oh, yeah. You know, I think now, you know, the kind of the stereotype of the Karen is so much in the zeitgeist that we all kind of have this cultural reference for that. Mm -hmm. um, but with 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 that, I made sure when I talked to Missy that, you know, we talked about Carol as a real person, you know, like, why is she so, so heightened and so angry in this moment, in this particular moment in her own life? You know, we just made sure to build a very high stakes problem for her you know there's a whole story going on with carol that you know we as the audience watching this movie don't really even know about you know she has a yacht party going on that it's very high stakes for her we definitely built her as somebody who comes from lower means and like crawled her way into higher society and thus has like this like you know very very emotionally intense like you know involvement in trying to maintain that status so we yeah we just wanted to make sure that again her anger came from somewhere real for missy 
Um, and that it's so like yeah, reference, but references were definitely like, yeah, Florida, you know, um, a housewife who, who, who maybe got into the position of being wealthy because of some, you know, like scams. <laughs> so we had a lot of ways to build this person, but still, you know, allow Missy to again, empathize with her. The Matt's Movie Reviews podcast is brought to you by T Public. Public is the world's largest marketplace for independent creators to sell their work on the highest quality merchandise. With over 1.2 million designs, Public is sure to have something you love. The Matt's Movie Reviews podcast is brought to you by Amazon. The world's leading online store, Amazon is your first stop to buy a wide range of products at competitive prices with fast delivery times. Amazon is also a world-class entertainment hub that includes Prime Video, Audible, Twitch, Amazon Music, and more. Sign up with Amazon today and experience the best in online shopping and entertainment. Please support Matt's movie reviews on Patreon. Get access to exclusive content, request movie reviews and top 10 lists, and help support my work. Please click on the Patreon link in the description below. You have parallel locations in this movie happening at the same time. Use of split screen, which can be really tricky sometimes, but I think you pulled it off really well in this movie. Um, and the cutting back and forth from your direct, your editor, Michael Block, was really well done as well in the film. When it comes to the visual aspect, um, the kind of like that really kind of uh, pulsating, kind of like visual snappy kind of thing that we see on screen, how do you propose, uh, uh, approach that in pre-production? Do you like the storyboard? Do you have long discussions with, with Michael regarding this? How do you go about framing the, the look and the um, the editing of your film. Yeah, I definitely had, you know, a lot of visual references that I had pulled specifically for the DP, Fetty Variety, um, to make sure that we were on the same page. But yeah, specifically talking about the split screens, um, I was also pulling lots of split screen references, whether it's from music videos or even commercials, um, to make sure that we were all on the same page from a creative and technical standpoint. And um, so yeah, everybody from, you know, pre-production to post-production, um, well, no matter what their roles were, I made sure to that they kind of all had a deck where I was explaining my approach to the whole entire movie um but you know the split screen again it even though from even from like a, um i did do like a director's pass just to put in some of my cinematic intentions into the script um and even from that point i had written in several very key moments where split screen was going to be present and that uh, you know everybody on the crew should be aware of that for scheduling purposes and everything um but then, you know, it actually, it did continue to evolve. And with Michael Block, um, you know, in post-production, as far as pushing the boundaries of the split screen when it comes to, you know, kind of the fragmented split screens that were more um, uh, like shattered pieces, that's definitely something that came through my collaboration with him. I always look out for the use of color in films. And sometimes I might overjump the gun in regards to what a color might be uh, like symbolically in a movie. And there's two colours that really stood out for me in this movie. Of course, in Jolene's part, the colour green really stands out. She, she works in that, that Gator Galore gas station, green's there, the slushy machine being green in her vest as well. Um, and then you got, on the other hand, um, Midori in her purple um, tracksuit, because she was running, of course, at the start of the film. So when it comes to those two colours, green talks is, in a lot of ways, people talk about um, new beginnings and growth when it comes to green. And purple, people talk about ambition and um, and dignity and her character being a doctor and someone who really, and I think during the time, even though she's very blind and 
um, in the film, she can hardly see because she doesn't have her glasses. It is always almost kind of like a poise that she has towards her, and that she won't mm. get too panicked in 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 the um in the um in in the moment that she's in. Were the colors of green and purple something that was intentional, or was that something that was more kind of like happenstance when it came to your film? I would say um, the symbolism that each that you just kind of desc- described um, was was not imbued from the original um, intentions. Um, I feel like the symbolism of colors often can differ depending on the culture, depending on the era. So when it comes to you know what I could control as far as like what as the director making these color choices for me was um, um, it was really about the contrast between these two women trying to create um, a similar spaces for them on both sides that kind of connected them together. So you know. Midori is surrounded by a forest of green like it's colored to be a little bit bluer just to to differentiate the worlds and have make sure that it looks colder but I just wanted to make sure that both women mirrored each other and like the green forestry was also kind of like present in Jolene's side but in a very artificial faked way and um, you know some of the pink accents that were in that green gas station some of the pink neons and stuff um, that were kind of in this like purpley version on on Midori so I was always cognizant that when you see these two women in a split screen I didn't want it to feel like completely two different completely different movies I wanted to feel cohesive and designed and um and yeah and you know com- and to be completely honest green is my favorite color <laughs> and it's just something that fills me with a lot of like true joy and um I just always try to to build these frames that stimulate me visually um and hopefully do for the audience as well this is your uh, feature film debut. I know you worked previously in shorts and in TV as well. Um, yeah. And I know you've done screenings of this film, like in cinemas beforehand. Um, and people will be watching this on on, on demand and digital. Um, but when it comes to the cinema experience of you showing your feature film to an audience and you see an audience react to the different beats and the performances and the colour and everything else, what's that experience like for you uh, when watching that? And is that something that's always going to stick with you? Oh my goodness, of course. Um, the the advanced friends and family screening was so important to me and the filmmakers and the actors because, yeah, there's really nothing like being with other people reacting to something that you created. Um, and I think especially this film, this film actually feels like a movie theater movie to us. Like mm. it always felt like, you know, fast and big and loud and in your face and something that would really pay off to be experienced with other people in a theater. Um, so we were really happy to do that. And again, like there's, there's nothing like, you know, hoping that people will laugh in this moment that you worked so hard on and then actually getting that laugh, you know, and when it's an on-demand movie, you just have no idea how effective those movements really were for other people. You just kind of hope. Um, so the visceral experience of being in that room with everybody was, um, yeah, it's unmatched. Well, having watched it um, myself through a uh, screener, I can say that even on a smaller screen, it plays very well. Um, Unseen is a movie. I think it's a film with uh, momentum and depth with style and substance, and I think it works really well, both as a genre piece and a character piece as well. And i got to say, Yoko, it's like it's a, you did a really great job here, feature film debut. I know you had many experience behind you, uh, but you really knocked it out of the park here. And, uh, and for everyone out there listening, May 7 in the US on demand in digital. Watch Unseen. It's a survival thrill. It goes for a nice crisp 80 minutes, but it's 80 minutes um, where you're going to be glued to the screen. And Yoko, thank you so very much for your time today. Congrats with the film and best of luck with the release.